you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. If you can't be yourself at home, where else are you playing small? If you're letting your neighbor, your mom, or that voice in your head influence your home and your style, where else is that playing now? For me, it's been a place of self-expression, self-discovery. Welcome to Being Home with Hunker, a podcast where we explore the idea of home, not just as a place where you live, but as an expression of your identity. I'm your host, Lori Gunning-Grossman, Editorial Director at Hunker. Today on the show, I'm delighted to share again my chat with interior designer Rachel Moriarty in this best of conversation. Rachel is one of those people I connected with right away. She's joyful, she's passionate about design, and she's authentically herself. Rachel is an award-winning, color-loving, San Diego-based interior designer. And when I say color-loving, I mean it. Take one look at her Instagram page or her website, and you'll know what I mean. She describes her style as colorfully coastal, and as she says, this either magnetizes people to her or repels them. If you don't love color, you need not apply. You'll hear Rachel talk about how she works with her ADHD to tap into her creativity, the path that led her into interior design, and how the Grateful Dead plays a part in her home decor. She's been featured on HGTV and the Design Network and does visibility coaching for fellow interior designers on brand strategy. It was my complete delight talking with Rachel on this show. So please enjoy this best of conversation with interior designer Rachel Moriarty. I am thrilled to talk with you. Thank you for taking the time today. Thank you. Yes. Yes, let's do it. 
I have to say, I love your Instagram page. It is so full of color and life and vibrancy. And this is your jam, isn't it? Color is my jam. Absolutely. Color and pattern. Yeah. I wear it. I design it. (laughs) I design it, you know, with it. I don't design it yet. I'm not there yet. But yeah, I just, I love it. So here's my question for you then to start. You have multicultural roots. Mm -hmm. I think I read Mexican, Native American, and Filipina. Filipina. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. So tell me about your family and your roots and your childhood and how you feel that that influences you as a designer. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny because it's interesting what has happened in the last couple of years. I didn't think it was important to share my multicultural roots with people. But you had an interesting thing happen during COVID. Remember, there was that movement in the design industry where it was like, share the mic. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody asked if I would participate in that for the design industry. And I was like, yes. And of course, and I thought I would be sharing my platform with a black designer. When I got paired, I was paired as the black designer. Oh. And I had a white counterpart. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't realize because I didn't share what my ethnicity was that people were making assumptions. It was just so funny. And my best friend's black. And some people were like, well, it's because your best friend's black. So I thought you were. And I didn't, you know what I mean? And so it was a really interesting thing. So I thought, I need to represent what I actually am. Like, this is so important to me. Mm -hmm. So, and it does influence my design. I'm 10 minutes north of the Mexican border. Mm -hmm. um, And my in-laws live right in Rosarito Beach, right on the ocean. And so it's a huge, you know, the culture and especially the color. I mean, Mexicans are not afraid of color. Yeah. Yeah. And their food and their, you know, they just like have this lively, colorful life Mm. and lifestyle. And so um, I thought it was really, really important to share that on my Instagram. So thank you for mentioning that. Yes, of course. And so when you were growing up, is that what you saw in your childhood home? Was there a lot of color? Was there a lot of pattern, design? What was modeled for you? You know, not really. So on the Mexican side of my family, they grew up in agricultural California, Mm -hmm. the San Joaquin Valley. They were fruit pickers. And my grandfather came down here for, he worked in the aeronautical industry, which is what brought him to San Diego. So we didn't grow up in like fancy homes, you know? Yeah. What influenced me though was traveling really our fiestas, you know, that's kind of where you see the color and in the clothing, but in our house, not necessarily. Okay. Did you get into design as a young girl? Were you, you know, making your room look a special way? Were you sewing curtains? Were you doing any of those things where you you had that inkling of design? I'm like, check, check. <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. I learned to sew when I was, you know, because we came from really kind of a poor family, we sewed. We got pajamas that were sewn for us at Christmas mm. and we got to pick out our flannels that we wanted, you know, and all of that. We were all excited about it. I learned to sew because it was modeled for me from my grandmother to my mother and I learned to sew at 10 and so I started thrifting at 12 and I was always um, at least tailoring stuff for myself, 
not necessarily making. But when I got older and I had my first son, he's 21 now, mm-hmm. I opened a boutique called Posies. And I did a whole line of like nursery and clothes. And, and I sewed all of the items myself out of vintage or vintage inspired fabrics from the 1940s. Wow. So I've always been really... Um, crafty, I guess. Yeah. And um, yes, my mom was huge on self-expression and letting me self-express. And I still run into people today that are like, I remember you had this black room or you had this dark green room, you know, it was in the 80s. And so, you know, people remember that because parents, I guess, didn't let them do that. Yeah. And do you feel that you having the freedom of that creativity that your mom gave to you really just was like planting the seed for who you've become? Oh, for sure. And my mom was like the OG DIYer. I mean, I learned to hang wallpaper with her and we installed backsplash together. We still paint our own projects. You know, I work with paint contractors on design projects, but we love to do our own. Like, I'll help you paint this week if you help me paint next week. You know, and it's a way we connect and it's very kind of meditational for us. And I'm the roller and she's the cutter. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, we... What was the question? (laughs) First of all, this is really cute. You live near your mom. Yes. And you guys still do painting projects together. Yes. She was so inspirational to me. I mean, I just remember installing like bohemian grass cloth. But my grandmother on my on my father's side was an antiques dealer. So we had these really precious antiques. It it was like the OG high low mix. Mm. And so, you know, I've never been like a person that does style, you know, a certain style. I've always loved that old, new high, low, just comfortable living spaces. Yeah. So you bring that into your work now when you're working with people, working with clients, the high, low? Yeah, I still do. In fact, I love to kind of start with any collections that they have. A lot of my clients are, you know, big travelers. Hmm. So we kind of start from there and create an experience. Yeah. You know, I thought I heard you say something where you've helped people in the past style their spaces and mm-hmm. you would say to them, just pull out your collections, as you had just mentioned, your favorite things, and you would help them restyle their spaces without them having to buy anything new at all and it would look like a brand new space. Yeah, that's how I started my business back in the early 2000s. I was a huge HGTV fanatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was when there were shows like Freestyle, Design on a Dime, Decorating Sense. And it was all about like repurposing, restyling, reusing, upcycling, you know, all of that. And that's exactly how I started. Mm. I would just go in and, you know, a lot of times people don't have the right furniture in the right place. Um, you know, it's a lot to do with how you place things and then curate things. And they, they're really precious about stuff. I would always find art wrapped in craft paper, you know, stacked in closets or all this beautiful like pottery and ceramics in cabinets. And I'd be like, what, what, Mm. you know? And so I'm like shopping the house and rehanging art. I always had to rehang the art. The art was never hung right. And it would literally look like a model home when I was done. People would like die. But then it was like, as I did that, it was like, well, let's, you know, maybe we can, sometimes I would steal from another room to pull one look together and then there would be gaps in the other room. So then, you know, and that's kind of how things started for me. 
Oh my God, it's so cool. You know, I love that you're saying this because I've been looking at my living room recently and thinking to myself, what can I do differently in here? You know, we've lived with it a certain way for a couple of years and now. So how do you have the eye for that? How do you know where to start? If someone like me or someone listening wanted to, say, shop their house and restyle it, what are some tips or how do you help people get started with that? Yeah. So really what it is, is kind of every room shape has a certain way it should be laid out. Mm -hmm. I mean, just in general, you know, if you have like a long, thin room, you kind of have to meander it, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so that you can flow through it. Or if it's square, you know, there's certain ways. So what I'll do is go in and kind of large pieces first, clear the room. Mm. And then I would just stage in other areas, like all of the plants here and all of your candles here and all of your textiles here, you know, and then basically kind of set up a shop in the house and then kind of layer back in. And then it's a very edited, there's a lot of stuff left, Mm. you know, so are we going to donate this? I also, a lot of people have books in bookshelves and I love to bring the books out And, you know, it helps with, you know, the different heights of things. And it just, I don't know, it just gives it such a warm feeling. Do you have rules of thumb, like say with a coffee table or bookshelves or mantles? Speaking of giving things some height. You know, for me, I think really, I really don't. I'm such a rebel, even with myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm always challenging everything. But in general, I think like if you're starting in a bookshelf, one thing I've always done for years and years and years and still do it is I always start up here on the upper left and move, you know, over to the right and then zigzag down and kind of like, you know, with my features. Yeah. Getting back to how you said you, at one point, you had a shop where you were selling the clothing you were making. You've had work as a stylist, as you were just saying. Yes. I also understand that you've worked as a banker. Yes. You've worked in print advertising. You've had many interesting... Like a cat. Nine lives. I love it. Many lives. Yeah. So your journey here as an interior designer has not been linear. It's been a bit of a zigzag. It has been. But what's so weird is I teach a class called Visibility for Creatives. And so I'm always explaining my journey. And to me, I've always thought it was this weird zigzagging thing. But when I talk to designers that have been, especially that have been in the business for a really long time, they're like, oh, it makes sense to me. You know, yeah. and it's it's really funny because... Here in 2022, it makes a whole lot of sense (laughs) because you need to be your own brand. You need to be the face. I like I need all of those skills that I had, you know, as far as art direction. I was a prop stylist, personal style, everything, marketing, all of that. And I did eight years in banking. I was a private banker. That helped me work with um, high net worth individuals. Mm. It really helped me break into the luxury because a lot of designers have trouble getting up into that luxury. Mm. They're not comfortable talking about money and, you know, large amounts of money. Um, and, and working with that client, it takes a different service level. Yeah, because they can literally hire 
anybody in the world. Right. And right. so that really, really helped propel me once I committed to getting into the design industry. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the connection. I know I said zigzag, and I do feel like every step of our journey does have yeah. meaning and does have connection. And I think it's fun to look back and see, yeah. oh, I was doing this, and then it led to this. And I always felt like I wasn't there yet. Like, I always knew I didn't feel quite right in every all of those roles. Mm. You know, I always knew like, eh, it's not going to be fashion. Mm-hmm. Like, even mm. though it felt great, it was like, oh, you know, then I bought my first house. And then it was like, okay, now I'm into the home thing. You know, yes. so it was whatever I was interested in. And I and even now that I'm in an industry, I love I love the business of design. I love marketing. I love pulling back all of that. You know, I was 15 years in print advertising and creative services. So I love bringing that back into Mm. the business. So when you work on the marketing part of it, I'm assuming you have people that you work with too that help you or? No, it's just little old me. Oh my goodness. So you're just posting on Instagram and putting yourself out there and yeah, finding your way on your own. Yeah. And it's something that really brings me joy. It's a part of the business that I really love. And I have so much fun in my DMs. Like I almost was late to this call because I was on my Instagram stories and talking to people and they were asking me questions. I'm like, let me do a quick live in my, you know, it's it's like a playground in my DMs. It's so much fun. That's so cool. You know, one of the things I do experience in looking at you and your work and, and on Instagram is that you do seem like you're having fun. Having fun, <laughs> right? Having fun designing spaces. This is the thing. The more fun I have, the better it gets. The better my clients get, the better my projects get. It's funny. I think people can sniff out whether you're like really have a joy for what you're doing. And, you know, I don't just say I'm passionate about design. You see it. Mm-hmm. You see me at the end of a project go in with my photographer and I I kind of embody the project. Yes. I go in and embody it and hop into that scene, yeah. really, you know? Yeah. And so I'm actually still working with my photographer that I worked with in 1995 in print and fashion. You know, it's so fun because we've had this long relationship and uh, we just have a blast. Oh, that's so neat. What do you think it is if you could distill it down to, say, one thing that lights you up the most about your work? and about design. What's it tapping into? You know, it's so interesting. It's like almost I get into this zone. And I almost picture this like hole in the top of my head. Mm -hmm. And I open it up to like receive. And when you look at my portfolio, every project is so different. You know, some things come on my feed and I'm like, oh, that's so-and-so designer because it's this aesthetic that's very similar color palettes or texture or something like that. And you always know. Mm. And, And their clients go to them and say... I want you to design that for me, that almost that same thing. So it's a very similar look over and over, which is an awesome, awesome way to, to design mm-hmm. too. But I sort of like to be the vessel. I, I try to get into the mindset of my client, but also like if we had a baby, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would that look like? And so it's fun for me to sort of embody and the ideation 
Mm. really is the funnest part for me because what I've noticed working with my clients is we'll have these discovery meetings at the beginning of a project. And it's always that thing they say right at the end of I'm getting ready to leave. And they're like, wouldn't it be cool if we did a space kitchen? And I'm like, that's what you meant to say an hour ago. That's where we're going, you know? And so it's always like that whole process. I love. Oh, that is so cool. Do you, as you said, like you have this space in your brain to open up and receive. Yes. Do you do things like a daily ritual, a meditation, anything that gets you prepared to tap in? Or is this just a natural thing for you? So (laughs) I've been sharing on my Instagram stories recently. I have ADHD. Mm -hmm. So the most important thing for me to do is to dump out what is in my brain Mm -hmm. because I cannot hold a lot in there. So it's either brain dumping, you know, through journaling. I use a lot of visual boards for me. The way my brain works is very visual. And so I do a lot of visual task keeping and designers have been just like, what? Because I was showing the process of it. So I do that. So it's a lot of brain dumping. And then I set a vibe in my house. Mm. Like my house has to be a vibe. So it's got a fire on all senses. I have to have the music. You know, when you walk into, let's say Nordstrom, I don't know if they still do that. I don't really shop in department stores anymore. (laughs) But there was always that man playing on the piano. Mm -hmm. And it was a vibe. And then you could smell the perfume. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of thing I needed to do at my own house. So it's like fluffing the pillows and making the bed and cleaning the counters. And that I do very slowly and intentionally. Mm. I can't sit there and meditate. You know, I have monkey brain, but it's almost like a moving meditation for me. And once the scene and the vibe is set, I'm ready to work. And I can work really fast after that because I have to, because my brain will be like, what's next? (laughs) Oh my God. That's so cool. And it's so cool that you know yourself enough to know what works for you. Yes. The fluffing of the pillows and the vibe and the intention behind that. And then you can just go. Yeah. That's very cool. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
So you do work with other designers, what's called the visibility. Tell me what it's called. Yes, visibility for creatives. It's a course. So I used to have a podcast several years ago called Design and Style. Mm -hmm. And I have a Facebook group of, I think I've got about 2000 interior designers in there. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about, I had been coaching when I first started out, when I left banking and came into design, that was about 2015. And what I wasn't getting from my coaches was them. Like they were giving me all the strategies, but I wanted more them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I was like, where are you at? Like, I wanted to see your face. I wanted to see the person, you know, there's a saying like you don't hire businesses, you hire people, right? And so we came on this word visibility, me and this one other designer that we were kind of in the same phase of growing our business. And we would have these coffee chats and talk all the time. And one day we were like, let's just turn on the, you know, microphone and do a podcast. So we Mm. did about 100 episodes. So I've been talking for years about visibility. I call it bizability, B-I-Z ability, Mm. because people don't like the word visibility. They think it's like, oh, I'm bragging or showing off or this or that. There's a lot of thought attached to that. But when I say visibility, visibility for your business, then, you know, it's like a baby, right? We have to advocate for it. We have to go out. We have to support it. It needs us to go out, you know, and, yes. it, and then it comes this whole other thing. I'm imagining that there are some people listening to the podcast right now who have the idea that they want to be a designer. Yeah. Especially with everything going on in the world, a lot of people have been thinking about the next thing they want to do, what brings them joy. And I'm sure that there are things that scare people. Number one, the visibility, like you said, and also taking the leap. Mm. So you have taken a leap in your career from a couple different things. It sounds like you've had a belief in yourself along the way. Would you say that that's true? Yeah, you know, I don't think it was a big leap. I think it was a lot of little bunny hops. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Because it's embarrassing, but this is like my sixth career. So like I started in visual merchandising and retailing and then prop styling and then advertising and then, uh, you know, as a boutique owner. But I also worked in the furniture industry. I worked for Ethan Allen and Bassett on their design teams. And so, you know, it all kind of adds up. I'm not just going from not being in the design industry to jumping into people's home, taking their Mm -hmm. money (laughs) and trying to figure it out on the way. I already knew just especially from being in the furniture industry, I would say, you know, get into some area of the design industry, maybe selling window treatments, specializing in something, and then you can add on, but you really do need to learn the back end because design is just the smallest part of it. It's really what juices us up, but it's the implementation and the tracking and can you deliver on your promise? Yeah. Well, that's a big one. So in your home, how do you set up your home in a way that expresses your identity, your story? If someone were to walk in your home and they looked around, how would someone know this is where you live and would describe the person who lived there? I think people describe me as a maximalist. Mm. Um, I describe myself as a maximalist, but I think people think of this like hoarder. I'm an edited maximalist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm constantly editing so that it doesn't get, you know, gross. You know, my house, I like to say, is full of who we've loved. You know, the dining table that's in front of me, I'm in my dining room right now. 
is a Duncan Fife table that belonged to my husband's grandmother. And, you know, we made it our own. I painted it black. I added sarin and chairs to it, uh-huh. you know, so it doesn't yeah. look like that traditional look. You come in and it's just a mix. Um, I have this huge gallery wall. My husband and I are deadheads. Oh. We travel like the world to see deading. We'll go down to Mexico to the Yucatan Peninsula and <laughs> see four concerts there. We, we usually like plan our summer travel around where their shows are. Okay. I say we're deadheads with 401ks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Rachel, I would not have thought this. I have to say, right? I love I this. Know. Yes. I know. <laughs> and so we buy posters wherever we go. Mm. And they're really like limited works of art. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're not inexpensive. And so when you walk into my house over my sofa is this huge gallery wall and we rotate, we have more than I have the wall space for. So we always rotate our collection. So you would know that we were deadheads. I love this. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Did you meet at a concert? No, we actually met on the set of a fashion shoot. He was a photo assistant and I was a photo stylist. Okay. And it just so happened you both are deadheads? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I know there's a lot, but they need to come out. Like I'm going to co-MC the um, Design Influencers Conference. Okay. And Adam Jabko, who runs it, is also a deadhead. And that's how I ended up being the co-MC. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> because we connected in that way over the years, which is hilarious. So That is so cool. Yeah. I have to say I've never been to a deadhead concert. Oh, you have to. You're in LA, right? Yes. They play at the Bowl every fall. They do? So you've got to okay. go. So people would know your deadheads, of course. Yes. I love this. An edited maximalist. Edited maximalist. You know, I think there's just something kind of not necessarily playful, but that we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. There's a lot of kind of kitschy little elements. You know, people like to say it's like a feast for your eyes when you come into my mm. house. And, and like I said, because I engage all the senses, they're always like, it's just a feeling, you know, you enter my world. And so I always think of my home as a lab of self-expression, you know, and it's like always look different. It's this living thing. We like to flea market a lot Mm. to an estate sale. And so it's kind of this constant moving thing. Yeah. So how do you know what to look for when you're at an estate sale or a flea market? Like, how do you know what is it either valuable or is right? I mean, I guess maybe just depends on what resonates with you or do you have an eye for certain things? Well, my grandmother was an antique dealer. So Mm -hmm. she, I remember her being a little girl, like I can just visualize now her turning teacups upside down and showing me the markings of things. But that's not really what I collect. I think it is more like an eye or something I'm liking at the moment because my tastes change. What doesn't change in my home are the heirlooms. Mm. We'll always have this table that I was just talking about. You know, we have the buffet with it. We have a connection to some of our family pieces. Yes. And I always just change what's around it, but I'll always incorporate those. Yeah. So is that what you hold as most valuable in your home? Would you say it's the heirlooms? Definitely. That and I have these serenin chairs that I'm sitting in right now Mm -hmm. that I am like obsessed with. I would, yeah, I would like throw them out the window (laughs) as as I'm grabbing my daughter in one arm, you know? Yeah, pretty much. So I imagine the people who find you to work with you are people who love color. 
Yes. I mean, I guess they would have to, huh? If they're searching you out. You're going to see all over my Instagram Mm -hmm. and all over my website. Mm -hmm. I like to use a term called colorfully coastal. Mm -hmm. For me, it magnetizes my people to me. And it also (laughs) repels others because the word color, people are so either afraid of it or embrace it. Mm. And um, I use it right on the first page, the homepage of my website. Because if you don't like color, you need not apply. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) We're just not going to buy. It's so smart. It's so funny because we live in a coastal town. And so Mm. when you think of coastal design, you do think of a certain color palette, right? You think Mm -hmm. of the sand and you think of the sky and, you know, that kind of tonal textured look. Right. And I love it. I can't do it. It's just really hard for me. And so if I find somebody, if they somehow reach out to me anyway, I have lots of designers who design beautifully like Mm, that. So yeah. Yeah. I encourage everyone who's listening to go look at your website and your Instagram for all the color lovers. The color lovers. The color lovers to go. (laughs) And also just like as I'm looking at you right now and people can also see images of you on your Instagram, like your earrings. And is this a dress you're wearing? Kimonos. Oh my gosh. I'm so these are agave. What? I had a client and her husband is a distiller, so they're always in tequila, Mexico. Yeah. And she brings these agave earrings back for me. And I have them in like 10 colors. They're beautiful. And I collect kimonos. Okay. So you'll always see me in some flowy kimono or caftan. I love it. Not everyone can pull it off. It looks so good. Thank you. I would I would they love- came in handy during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really tell the extra 10 pounds either. <laughs> so they're comfortable for you. Would we ever find you walking around in like gray sweatpants or is that just a no? No. It's so funny. I tried. I tried. <laughs> At Christmas, my mom gave me this like set of pajamas and it was like a gray sweatshirt and these like gray and white snowflake bottoms. Mm. And I was like, Mom, I can't. Like, yeah, yeah. it's got to kind of flow <laughs> through the house. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Behind me. Uh-huh. <laughs> my sleeves have to catch on something, you know, as I'm passing by it. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> so when you're home and you're not working, say on a weekend, mm-hmm. how do you like to spend your time there? What what fills you up? Mm. Like in, like actually in the home? In the home. Or it could be in your neighborhood. It could be in your community. Yeah, I'm a real introvert. Like Mm. I I always say I'm an introvert in extroverts clothing. Mm. I'm a people watcher. And so I love to be out where people are not necessarily talking or engaging with them. Uh But really like soaking in that vibe too, you know, so you'll often find me at like a co-op consignment area or a cafe where you can be on the sidewalk where there's, you know, some stuff to watch. Something like that. Always just kind of hunting, treasure hunting a lot. Yeah. And you like to do the people watching. I love to people watch. Because why? What does that like do for you? Does it help with your work or is it just fun to take in? I feel like it must. Mm. I feel like it must because it's interesting. Part of my process of when I'm designing a space is I actually sit and picture that client and go through a day in their life. Mm. And... Mm. 
I play it like a movie in my head. And I, I do feel I heard you uh, an interview with you where I was like, Oh, my gosh, I do the exact same thing, where I walk neighborhoods at dusk, I've done it forever. And just as people are turning on their lights, but they haven't closed their curtains yet. Mm. And I'm just fascinated with what people are doing inside their home. And so I have always done that. I love that so much. I'm just really snoopy. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm a designer. I just want to snoop in people's homes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. <laughs> As we're rounding up this conversation. Oh, no. Already? Oh, it went so fast. I know. I know. <laughs> First of all, I have to say you're so delightful. Aw, thank you. You know what I'm responding to, Rachel, with you is... You know, we can step outside of our homes and there's a lot going on. And say there's not a whole lot of color going on sometimes, unless we seek it out. And I feel like you are, this is my experience, are a joy seeker. The color that you express through your clothes and your designs is inherent in who you are. And it's so infectious And I want everyone to go find you and see you and hear you. It's true. It's lovely. You know, we just we need more of this. We need more of this this joy and the joy. I'm sure that you're bringing into people's homes where we spend so much of our time. It's so important. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. So this podcast is called Being Home with Hunker, and I love to ask, what does being home mean to you? Yeah, so I think I mentioned it a little early. It's it's for me being home is like being in my lab, you know, whether it's a decorating lab or um stylish surroundings. I think people don't realize how influential they are to you to go out and be like a better version of you. If you can't be yourself at home, where else are you playing small? If you're letting your neighbor, your mom, or that voice in your head influence your home and your style, where else is that playing out? So for me, it's always been a place of self-expression, self-discovery. It just gives me the foundation. I'm, again, an introvert in extrovert clothing. I'm talking to you very exuberantly because I'm home. I'm a homebody. I'm comfortable. Mm. I'm a little more awkward when I go out, (laughs) you know, and it actually is like, it's my bat cave. And so that's, you know, it gives me kind of that Um, confidence and courage to go out and be the person that I have to be as the founder and head and, you know, head visibility person of of my business, Mm. Um, principal designer. And then it's also where I come back and I can repose and get re-energized. So it's a a lot. I ask a lot of my house. (laughs) I love it. It sounds like it's serving you well. Yes. I partner with it. It's my partner. I love it. Oh, thank you. You're a delight. So are you. I'm so happy. I mean, we just connected like within this last week and I've totally love your podcast. Love it. So excited to be here. You know, you and I have never talked before. Ever. And talking to you yeah. has been so lovely and fun. And I can't wait Aww. to keep following you and keeping in touch with you yes. through whatever means. and Exactly. Um, all the means. All the means. My DM party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will come visit you in your DM for sure. Exactly. Come to yeah. my DM lounge. Yeah. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. So happy to be here. Thank you. And I'll see you at the Hollywood Bowl next Dead Show. I think so. It's happening. Let's do it. We're manifesting that. That's happening. It's time for me. Yes. It's time for me to do it. Oh, yeah. You'll be a new woman. (laughs) I love it. Visit Rachel on her website, rachelminteriors.com, where you can see her project reveals and learn more about the services she offers. And be sure to follow her on Instagram at Interiors. Also, head to our show notes for direct links to Rachel's work and for ideas on other episodes we think you might like based on this conversation, such as my chat with interior designers Leanne Ford, Anita Yokoda, and Sarah Sherman Samuel. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, senior designer Maury Men, and director of audience development Gina Goff. Hunger's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.